Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company on this Wednesday afternoon as we kick off the PM edition of Ausbiz with the call. 10 stocks that you suggest. We put those stocks uh, to two of our experts on the calls panel that we rotate each uh, weekday and they give us their view on it. And terrific to welcome back to the panel today, Michael Gable from uh, Fairmont Equities. Michael, good to see you. Thanks, David. Uh, how's your week been? Has it been? Not too bad. Okay. Not too bad. Uh, the market's not getting any worse, so <laughs> that's that's a positive, and I think we can only get head higher from here. So yeah, excellent. That's what rest. we want. Good positive <laughs> uh, thoughts on that. And uh, for, I call him our favourite Queenslander, Andrew Willerton from uh, DP Advisory in Toowoomba. Andrew, uh, good to see you, mate. Um, how are things with you this week? Yeah, Koshi, um, pretty busy actually, which is uh, which is great news. Uh, certainly, as we were just saying before, we've got uh, clients that are really two camps. You've got some clients that are just sort of feeling a bit sad and sorry for themselves, and understandably so. If you're holding bank shares and they're not paying dividends, the last thing you want to be doing is sort of splashing the cash about. But equally, go some clients who are feeling a bit more optimistic and uh, looking through the noise of presidential elections and all that sort of stuff coming at us in 49 days and have been in there buying. So, yep, yeah, yep. interesting times. Yeah, it is interesting because markets are all driven by psychology, as we all know. Um, before we get stuck into your 10 stocks that you've suggested we take a look at, I always choose uh, a stock of the day, something that's in the news people are talking about. Tabcorp, I thought we'd have a look at today. Uh, completing its retail component of its uh, underwritten one for 11 renounceable entitlement offer after UBS launched the terms for the shortfall book build aftermarket yesterday, seeking to raise around $600 million in total through combined institutional and retail offers. The remaining shares auctioned in a variable price book build, a floor price of about three twenty-five, According to David Attenborough, not the famous BBC uh, documentary maker, but the managing director of uh, and chief executive of Tabcorp. Uh, the money raised is expected to strengthen the balance sheet, provide greater financial flexibility and provide additional credit metric headroom for covenant and ratings purposes. Um, Andrew Whelan, um, what do you think of Tabcorp at the moment, particularly at, um, after the raise? Uh, this is sort of one that we've been buying for decades, Koshi, and certainly, you know, for those of us going back long enough, we remember uh, the time the Victorian government changed the rules relating to the, the monopoly that they had in gaming in Victoria. Um, that acquisition of Tattersall should have actually been a, a great thing for them, but the market certainly, as you can see there on that chart, the market certainly doesn't seem to think that's the case. Um, it's, I think it's all just a bit underwhelming, frankly. Um, certainly not one that we're actively buying for our clients. I mean, Certainly, uh, David's right. It certainly does give them some flexibility and so forth. But uh, I mean, why wouldn't I buy, as an example, why wouldn't I buy um, Aristocrat? If you just sort of look at some quick numbers, 
aristocrats got a 27% return on equity and it's growing its profits by about six, sorry, it's got a 16% profit margin. It's growing its revenue by 11%. You compare that to Tabcorp with 4% return on equity, revenue going backwards, um, paying at 75% of its dividends. So if that ever comes under pressure, you're almost looking at a Telstra-like situation. So yeah, right. thanks, but no thanks. Okay, uh, Michael? Yeah, I'll have to agree with Andrew on this one. So it's just not very exciting in terms of um, where this business is heading. So online um, online wagering is very competitive nowadays. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of the last sort of few months or so, they've done well with the lotteries division, but you know they're really hurting in the wagering side of things and they're raising money mainly to pay down debt. Right. Um, I mean, that's not a very exciting um, yeah. sort of reason to raise money either. And it's just been a massive underperformer over the last five years in terms of the share price. And when I look at the way it's trading here, it's got a resistance level fairly close by around 365. Even if it breaks that, there's very strong resistance near $4. So I can see these levels which will cap the upside in this stock. Yeah. Um, and even at, even at current multiples, it still looks pretty expensive. And Andrew touched on uh, their earnings, uh, your return on equity. Um, Aristocrat, I agree, is, is the pick in that sector. And yeah. that's one that we hold. And I yeah. think if you're looking for um, investing in this um, in this sector, you go for aristocrat hands right. down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they also have a big stake in Jumbo Interactive too, don't they? That's yeah, that's that's correct. And there was re Jumbo recently um, renewed their contract with Tabcorp. Right. I think they extended it for another ten years. I think this yep. was announced yeah. a few weeks ago. And and obviously they're involved in in the online um, lotteries, and that's the sector that's doing well. So yep. you could pretty much buy shares in. In Jumbo, if you're interested in in that sector that's doing well, as opposed to buying Tabcorp right. and getting the okay. the wagering side of things, which yeah. is really struggling. Yeah, and it's interesting. We had the um, Jumbo chief executive here on Ausbiz a couple of weeks ago, who was saying, "See us not as an online lottery business. We're a software business mm. that specialises in online lotteries, whether it be um, uh, your traditional government-run lotteries or uh, charity lotteries or whatever." Yeah. And they see themselves as a software company uh, specialising in lotteries and taking that mm. overseas. So well, I guess it's really interesting. Yeah, that's interesting being more of a software focused yeah. company. It means they can yeah. uh, you know, move into other areas as well. They're exactly. Restricted All right. to this. Uh, so um, a resounding no for Tabcorp there. Um, Stefan, let's go to the, uh, the first of the stocks that you'd uh, have sent in, suggested we look at. Um, Andrew, Stefan wants a view on Global Robotics and Automation ETF. I love its stock code, R-O-B-O. Um, the, the index uh, comprises 200 global companies related to robotics automation, artificial intelligence, uh, 3D printing, logistics, security. Um, it's, it's all the cutting edge industries, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you might recall, we've been sort of having a little mini ETF education session as we've been doing these, Koshi. This is what's called an active ETF or a thematic ETF, I should say. Uh, so in other words, it's not buying sort of, you know, the ASX S&P 200. As you said, it's sort of really touching on that AI. It's touching on robotics. It's touching on automation. So if you have a view that this is sort of the way the world is going, uh, then certainly this might be one for you to consider. There's another one which we can touch on in a second. But this particular one, uh, about 136 million market caps, got 87 companies at the moment that it's in the uh, the portfolio. 
it's, it's an interesting one in which it sort of splits it into two sides. 40% of companies in here either have majority robotics and automation or 60% are portion of their revenue comes from, and it's an equal weight. So in right. other words, you don't have one particular ETF or sorry, one particular company that's got a, a weighting over the other. Very heavily weighted towards the US, around 46% of the holdings are in the US, about 18% in Japan. So I, I think from a thematic point of view, um, Stefan's bang on, uh, we, we're actually buying the other one. So this is the ETF securities one. The other one we're buying is RBTZ, which is the, uh, the beta shares uh, one. A couple of reasons, certainly from a performance point of view. Um, I mean, this one's done pretty well. It's up 21% for the year, so certainly can't complain about that. The, uh, the beta shares one's up about 32%. The management fee on this one uh, is around 1% per annum, whereas the, which is pretty high for an ETF. But again, right. given the nature of what they're dealing with, uh, not unexpected. The, the beta shares one's still pretty high, but it's only 0.75. And then the other thing is we have a look at a thing called the Sharp Ratio. So the Sharp Ratio, in essence, is looking at on how much risk uh, oh, sorry, how much excess return you're uh, getting for how much risk you're willing to bear as such. So any number over one is great. And in this case, they're pretty close to two. They're at 1.93. Mm. Whereas in the case of robots, they're at 1.2. So anything over one is okay. Uh, in this case, for the RBTZ, it's closer to two. So overall, I think the thematic's right. Certainly nothing wrong with Robo. There's more money in the Robo ETF. As I said, it's about 136 million relative to RBTZ, which is about 50 odd million but we just prefer the uh, the beta shares one, but great okay. thematic. All right, hey, Michael? Um, my view is a little bit different because we're more stock pickers with what we right. do. We tend to not go for these um, sort of ETFs that, that have sort of cropped up recently and, and tell a good story. So they're very, I guess, very trendy at the moment. There's a lot yep. of um, sort of good ideas out there and ETFs are trying to tackle those ideas. Um, I think ultimately you, you're better off, say, in just a NASDAQ ETF because of the lower fees and the NASDAQ has actually performed better. Um, I'd rather pick, you know, the individual company. So in this particular right. one, if there's about 80 different companies, I'd rather buy the best one or two right. and just hold those and not have a basket of, okay. of all the other ones in there as well. Obviously, that involves a lot more work to figure yeah. out which ones to buy. But I guess like anything in life, you know, if yeah. you take the easy option, there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's a trade-off. And I think in this case... A bit of underperformance compared to the NASDAQ. Um, I think the fees are pretty high compared to, to right. other ETFs. Um, but, you know, there's some great tech companies on the Australian um, exchange. Plus, nowadays, we're seeing a lot of online brokers offer zero commissions to purchase U.S. stocks. So right. there is an ability nowadays for investors just to buy right. U.S. stocks directly. So they could buy NVIDIA or um, ServiceNow, which is one of the other big companies in there directly, yeah. um, if they think they're you yeah. know good companies and and i think you're probably it's a, sort of etfs have become uh the modern day version if you like of the old listed investment company or mm. the um or the managed fund isn't it but with much lower fees yep. uh, than them so for an investor who doesn't have the confidence mm. to um, select individual stocks or get a diversity across a theme yep. they play a role in that regard don't they yeah there's, there's i, I mean there's, I there's definitely Sorry. yeah Sorry, Michael, you keep going. Sorry, I, was, sorry, I thought, sorry, you keep going, Michael, and I'll, I'll have a go. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, was going to say that there's a role. I think it depends, you know, who you are, what stage you are at with your investing. I think for us, as, as I said, as stock pickers, I think I can do better than an ETF like this because right. I'm putting the effort in. But as you say, if that's not, you know, you just don't have that, that time or expertise, then 
yeah. you know, there is a, a segment where yeah, know, that will work yeah, yeah, out well for you. Yeah, absolutely cost. Um, yeah. Andrew? Yeah, sorry. And again, I apologise, Michael. I didn't mean to cut in front of you there. Um, I, I think there could actually be a happy medium here, you know, uh, what, what what's called sort of a core and satellite approach where you might say, look, I think I'm pretty, and I'm not saying this is me, but hypothetically, I, you know, I'm pretty good with buying Australian shares and I can pick all the Australian shares, but, you know, whether I don't want to deal with the currency side or, you know, whatever the case may be, I'd prefer to use a satellite approach to trying to sort of pick a particular thematic. So going back to Stefan, it would seem as though he thinks that automation or robotics or AI is the way to go, rather than trying to pick, you know, is NVIDIA better than whatever the other one, other ones might be, I'm actually just going to use an ETF to do that. So it's not an all or nothing approach. You can actually sort of use them together. Yeah. But to your point, Koshi, about LICs and ETFs being the same, Sort of. Sort of. The key, sort of. <laughs> the, 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 the key thing with an LIC, if you think about it or if you look at it, really it's a bunch of guys and girls who are saying, we think we can beat the market, yeah. whereas a, a passive ETF, and I'll just use the oldest one in Australia, STW, it's literally just buying the ASX S&P 200. Yeah. So if you're yeah. saying, look, I don't know which of the 200 to buy, I don't have Michael's skills or stock picker's skills, I just literally want to buy every single company in the top 200 buy me a basket then you just buy yeah. STW and they're going yep. to charge you nine basis points to do that whereas right. with an LIC and there's still lots of them about and there's still lots of good ones about we're going to talk about one a bit later on today uh, they're basically saying we can match if not beat the market so part right. of it is core and satellite and part of it is the expertise yep. of the manager you're using yep absolutely um, Adam Dawes from Shaw mentioned because I have no idea where to buy esports companies. I think mm. esports are going to be um, a massive thing. They already yeah. are. And there's one called, uh, it's a, a yeah, Van Eck one that's just started, ESPOS. And uh, I thought, oh, you know, I've got a bit of an interest in it because I love sport, but could not tell you one company <laughs> that was in well, it. Nvidia so is its number one holding, Koshi, is it? All oh, right. So I've been at Nintendo. Right. I've been having a look at it at the moment it's really interesting I know um, uh, are, you, are you like it Andrew I, I like it a lot and I know someone who could help you with it Koshi just give oh, me a call okay. after <laughs> alright I'll give you a call after alright um, Michael Jules wants a view on Aroa Biosurgery mm. um, this is a, a med tech one of these great little med techs um, in Australia um, it has a, a product called Endoform um, which is developed from sheep stomachs, but it's for regeneration of skin uh, and wounds in the burn area and things like that. Um, uh, its products have been used uh, throughout 600 different hospitals. We've got a couple of these skin regeneration yeah. companies listed on the Australian market. What do you think of Aroa? Yeah, this one's not one I'd heard of um, beforehand, but it does look very interesting. So it's New Zealand based, they have this yep. scaffold that put, they put on the skin and it, it regenerates. And um, the interesting thing about this one is it's only been listed for a few months, but it looks like they're already turning, or they're just starting now to, um, to, to turn a profit. So mm. earnings have turned positive, which yeah, it's quite interesting for an IPO often, as, as you know, they, they yeah. turn up to market and, and they lose a lot of money until they can yeah. um, you know, start making money. But, but these guys are already making money. Normally I'd wait um, probably at least six months or so just to see the company report to market, make sure that uh, you know, everything they said they'd achieve, they, they have started to achieve. But I mean, it's, it's early days, only been listed a couple of months, but so far it looks 
quite interesting and I think, mm. um, you know, I, I'd be happy to hold a very small amount. Okay. Um, all right. You know, so we might as well mark that off as a yes. It looks yeah, pretty yeah. good so far. Put a, put a toe in the water yeah. and follow it on. Andrew, what do you think of Arala? Yeah, uh, again, similar to Michael, and as I've said to you previously, Koshi, one of the, the great joys of doing this session is that you come across companies that you may not have heard of before and you go, gee, that looks interesting, and I think we can stick that this in the, gee, this looks interesting column. Um, this is really sort of a, the New Zealand version of Polynovo. Like if yeah. I was trying to sum it up in a sentence, that's really what's going on here. Uh, look, impacted by COVID, but, you know, show me a business that hasn't well i'm sure you probably could but there's vast majority of businesses have been impacted by covid so yeah. certainly that's something to bear in mind the ceo owns a bundle of shares about 40 million dollars worth and as you know that's one of my measures are uh, the management uh and directors interest aligned with yours and if you know the market caps 400 odd million and he owns 40 million dollars plus then yes his interests are aligned with yours so yeah, it looks it looks like an interesting uh, interesting business. I'm not sure I'd have it as a buy just yet. It's probably one, as Michael's saying, you just want to make sure that it's ticking all the boxes and going along okay. But certainly relating to some of the other skin regeneration ones like Polynovo, uh, ABH as well, um, I quite like it. But I probably couldn't say buy just yet. Right. Okay. Um, how would you compare it to Polynovo? Are you a Polynovo fan, Michael? Um, no, I haven't. Um sort of invested in Polynova. I've noticed that Polynova's share price has been coming back a bit. Yeah. There's there's another listed one, um, Evita Medical. So yes. the heat's really come out of those for the time being. Yeah, so. yeah. we've had a few come yeah. on. We looked at uh, Evita yesterday on the call uh, mm. because they've just done um, a big raise and, yeah. and also um, got some more research with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology as mm. well in the hospital there. So yeah, fascinating area. We do well. Uh, we really punch above our weight in terms of those med techs, don't yeah. we? It's good. Um, Michael, uh, Mike wants a view on Kodan, um, Adelaide-based <coughs> company, South mm. Australian, uh, mainly sort of known for metal detectors and from the small ones where you see people on the beach through to the huge ones, uh, but also more recently got into uh, the communications market as well. Yeah. What do you think of Kodan? Yeah, this one actually looks looks really good. So in terms of their earnings over the last few years, they've been, been growing their earnings. They've even been growing their dividend, which is, which is great for all in those people out there great, yeah, yep. <laughs> um, who are looking for that. And I, th I think, you know, they're two big boxes that, that you do want to tick with a company. And, um, you know, its share price chart looks very positive. It's, it's steadily risen. Um, in, terms of the, in terms of what it's done in the last few weeks, it's just stalled a little bit. Um, mm. But I noticed today it looks like it's trying to get its head above that recent range. So from a, I guess, a trader's point of view, it's possibly giving us a buy signal today and may well right. continue to run. So look, I, I'd be happy to hold this. I think it, you know, right. they're in the right sector. They're growing earnings, growing dividends. Chart looks good. So uh, if you're in it, hold. If you're looking to get in? Possibly even buy today. Okay. All right. Uh, Andrew, what do you think of Kodak? So you and I looked at this one, Koshi, back in May, yep. and it was about seven bucks, and we went South Australian company, <laughs> not as good as a Queensland company, but a strong second, and you know, this looks interesting, let's maybe give it a go. And as we've just seen, the share price is now knocking on the door of 11 bucks. Yep. So uh, PE now is around 27 times, when we were looking at it, it was 20 times. So, and forecast earnings per share growth is around 12% per annum. So. Mm. One of the things we look at is that peg ratio, the ratio between the 
the PE and the forecast earnings per share growth. So 27 times relative to forecast earnings of 12%. It's probably just starting to look a little stretched. Uh, consensus is around $10.50. So you stick the two analysts in a room and say, hey, guys and girls, what do you think it's worth? And they say, look, we think it's worth about $10.50. The metrics itself look really good. Return on equity is 31%, 20% earnings growth. Uh, uh, past earnings growth has been 55%, so it ticks all the boxes, but it's just run along really well. And as Michael says, the chart looks excellent, but if I was sort of putting my fundamental hat on, I'd just say it's probably just starting to look a touch expensive. So I'll say yes as a momentum buy, but as a fundamental buy, I'd probably like to see it draw some breath. Right, okay. So. That's a buy. You're, you're almost Saudi, Saudi as though you're, uh, you want to take some profits on it. Oh, well, seven bucks to seven to 11 in what, yep. four months? You're happy. Um, in the middle of a one and a hundred year health emergency. Yeah, I think you should be taking some profits, but <laughs> it, is a, uh, it is a good business and it's ticking all the boxes. Okay. All right. So if you've got it, hold it. Would you buy at these levels though? Well, that's what I'm saying. Fundamentally, I wouldn't, but as right. a momentum trade, you know, if I'm just trying What's to a, trade. Explain, explain what a momentum trade is. So really, I mean, and Michael was sort of bang on before, you know, you look at the chart and you go, gee, the chart looks good. And so, you know, the price is going up. Uh, volume might be increasing as well as in people looking at buying. So there's momentum behind it on the upside. Momentum, of course, can work on the other side as well. I'm not sure if we've got a company we can have a look at in the, uh, the 10 that we've got. It's a shame we don't have AMP as one of the charts. Um, <laughs> if you want a textbook of uh, negative momentum, um, yep. I can show you AMP. But really, really what you're sort of trying to see is are you getting higher highs all the time? You know, the momentum's behind it. Right, okay. All right, so uh, if you want to, uh, and, and that's usually for traders, is it momentum, momentum buys as you run it up and be prepared to get out at the top. Um, all right, Mike, that's a really good analysis. Thank you for suggesting Codan uh, to us. And uh, those who uh, took Andrew's advice back in May, you've done well. That's why you watch the call. Um, Andrew, our next um, stock to have a look at has been suggested by Gavin. Now, this is a Zuno group. And basically, it's a, a sanitizer. Is it? Um, it calls itself an antimicrobial solutions. Uh, business, but basically it's to uh, uh, to kill germs around you. And in this environment, um, you know, if you if you're um, looking for a theme that is uh, pretty popular in the community at the moment, this is it. Yeah, it uh, it's got what they call a zuno molecule, uh, which bonds to any surface and kills pathogens. So uh, you know, fungi, bacteria, viruses. Um, but hey, if you can't make money, if this is your business and you're not making money in the middle of a pandemic, then you probably need a bit of a look at yourself. So it's obviously done pretty well in that regard. Great profit margin, 43% uh, profit margin. Again, the CEO owns a bucket load of shares, about 41% or $134 million worth. This is going to sound really perverse, but if a vaccine comes out, these guys and girls are, I'd suggest, in a bit of trouble. Um, because, I mean, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't have good hygiene even when this is all over, but at the moment you walk into any shop or whatever, everyone's hand sanitising you and when, when things sort of calm down a little bit in that regard, you would expect that the usage of that type of thing is going to back off a little bit. So they really are having their moment in the sun perversely. It is a great business, but it is really a, a more topical type of one. Right, yeah, and very. if you look at that one-year chart, seven cents to... 
what a dollar ninety nine. Mm. That's one hell of a year that they have had. Uh, Michael, what do you think of Zuno? Um, Andrew, you know, reading my mind, I was I was going to mention the whole vaccine thing as well. I mean, yeah. that, that'll be kryptonite to this company. I mean, as yeah. soon as the you know a vaccine gets developed, uh, the use of these sanitizers will naturally decrease. Um, I don't think everyone will continue using sanitizers at the same rate. Um, yeah, look, I mean, you, you could see there that the share price has gone up more than tenfold. Um, their revenues were up 2,000 times in the last year, but that's obviously unsustainable. Even, yeah. if, even if we don't end up with a vaccine for many years and we need to continue using sanitizers, uh, you know, basically their revenue growth will level out anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whatever they're selling now, they'll probably continue to sell at the same level unless they can try to grow um, their market share by promoting the fact that their sanitizers are perhaps yeah. better than someone else's sanitizer. But I mean, I don't know about you, but if, when I buy sanitizer, I'll just buy the cheapest one oh, um, that works. So and it also it seems to last forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bottle of sanitizer is like sort of Mary Poppins bag, you know, yeah, just endless. it's endless yeah. uh, going out. So the, is this a classic stock that you've just missed the boat? Um, yeah, exactly. If, you, if you'd looked at it in in February, you know, yep. that was a great thematic, but now it's all the upsides being built in. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, as as always mentioned, you know, with investing, well, as we all know, it's all about looking into what's happening in the future. Yeah. Uh, and at, you know, what's happening in the future is the recovery from where we are now. And Zuno isn't part of the recovery; they're part of what's happening today. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the ship sailed. It's that's that's had okay. its day in the sun. Right. Um, I wouldn't invest in it. And and if you've ridden it up, uh, I think the message is coming through loud and clear. Take some profits. <laughs> yeah, well, the chart looks weak as well, so I think it's Does on it? slide right. now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Andrew, Natasha wants a view on um, on Hub24, which is the uh, another one of these um, uh, portfolio administration uh, services, isn't it? Um, a whole bunch of them out that financial advisors use and superannuation funds and the like. Yeah, so there's three big ones. There's Hub24, there's Net Wealth and Premium. We use Premium just as an aside. But in essence, it's really sort of this step away from the the, the banks and post-Royal Commission. They're all divesting themselves of their wealth arms. You've got a lot of uh, independent, sorry, I'm trying to think of what the ASIC definition of independent is, but you know, you've got a lot of non-bank aligned financial advisors that are looking for an independent platform and so certainly hub 24 has been a, a beneficiary of that again another one of these companies we covered <coughs> in may at that stage it was around 10 or 11 dollars where are we today about 17 18 dollars uh they've now got about 18 billion dollars worth of fund funds under management at the time that we were talking they're about 15 billion they've given some guidance in their most recent results they're targeting between 28 and 32 billion dollars so currently wow. 18 targeting 18 to 32 within <coughs> the next two years um, so that in itself is is pretty good probably the key thing you need to think about though as you said right at the top uh, there is increasing competition um, we're seeing more of these platforms and certainly the likes of Macquarie as an example they're not going to take this lying down one of the the uh, AMP's got a product as well um, PE of 61 certainly does look pretty mm. pricey and consensus on them is 16 bucks or 16.50. So mm. they've got to execute to justify this current share price. To me, this is one that you'd be buying on any market weakness because they make money, they sort of a margin on people's portfolio value. So say 
we fast forward 49 days and there's all this uncertainty around a US election and markets are wobbling away and the share market corrects 5 to 10%, this is absolutely one that I'd be buying on that basis. Okay. You know? But would I pay $18 today? I'd probably struggle a little bit. So down around the consensus of, of 16 bucks would be fair? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they're right. going to double their they're going to double their revenue in three years or two right. years. Okay. So you just want to buy them when they're on special, not when they're full price. Yep. All right, Michael. Yeah. Look, it um, it's having a great <laughs> run. This is another one of those um, momentum things where I think if you're in it, you, you stick with it. Yeah. Um, it's hard to I find it hard to to figure out where it might be in a year from now. They've grown so so massively in the last year, and they're expecting great things over the next few years that. You know, if something doesn't quite work out there because of the competition, it could seriously be a bit of a yeah. bit of a spanner in the works for for the share price performance. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I'd I'd be sticking with it. I mean, I don't use these platforms um, myself, but um, you know, I'll have to defer to, to Andrew on the ins and outs of mm. Hub or or Premium. <laughs> but look, yeah. they, they, these guys are doing a great job, right. and and ultimately. You know, it's it's a moment for me. It's just a momentum play at the moment. Right. So I'd be happy to hold. Hold it, but if you're getting in at this price, yeah. it's a bit too too expensive. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Andrew that I'd yeah. I'd rather get in on a dip. Um, but then I think there is an element of risk that you know maybe at their AGM or right. they might have some sort of update saying, look, we said we we're going to do this next year, but it's right. you know slightly less, and yep. the share price can't handle that. Uh, Andrew uh, Hub Twenty Four V Net Wealth. Yeah, I, I mean, I, also, I mean, as I said, I use premium, so I'm probably a little bit biased in that regard. But um, they're all equally strong products. Right. I still think Hub 24 is probably the, uh, and I, I might add, I don't own premium shares. Um, mm. I, I might, I, I think probably Hub 24 then net wealth. The only reason I'm holding off on premium is they're in the middle of taking over another listed company called Power Wrap. So, you know, there's always potential for integration issues, etc. But anything relating to this platform space, uh, there's huge mm. amount of consolidation occurring at the moment. As I said, you've got the, all the bank-aligned advisors looking for a new home. You've got, uh, certainly just from an in industry shift as well, a lot of the stockbrokers and uh, financial planners starting to use these platforms as well. And I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't hit these targets in the next two years. I don't think it's too lofty okay. whatsoever. All right. Uh, let's recap our uh, first five stocks that you've suggested we have a look at, plus our stock of the day. Uh, Tabcorp uh, from both Andrew and Michael, I know, um, much prefer aristocrat in that in that gaming area. Uh, the Global Robotics ETF, uh, great theme. Um, Andrew prefers the BetaShares version, which has the, the code RBTZ. Um, uh, Michael prefers um, to go individual stocks than ETFs. Uh, Aroa Biosurgery, uh, Michael likes it and uh, a yes from him and no, Andrew would like to see a bit more, um, a bit more history to the company because it's only rec recently listed. Um, uh, Kodan, uh, Michael a yes on Kodan, um, Andrew um, a momentum buy if you're a trader but if you're a value investor and sort of a long term investor probably no because it's had a great run. Uh, Zuno, an interesting business, but a no. Um, it is, it's had all its growth built into it. It's ridden the COVID wave up um, and is likely to write, write it down again if a vaccine comes along. And Hub24, um, a hold if you're in it. Um, if you're looking at buying into it, 
wait until it gets uh, good company, wait for any weakness around that $16 mark or under. Now, here at The Call, we have our own portfolio, The Call's portfolio. We've been tracking that since July the 1st. If any stock during The Call gets a two thumbs up, uh, a buy from both our experts on the panel, we plonk it into the uh, portfolio. If it comes back up again, um, Weeks later, as Andrew's been saying, we've been following a lot of these uh, stocks for a long time um, and they don't get another unanimous vote, they come out. And it's all about understanding um, how markets change and how share prices change and you've got to be constantly watching it. So let's take a look at um, how the portfolio's done over the last week. It's down 1.5%. It's up 2.5% so far this month and it's up just under 10% um, since... Uh, July 1. And some of the companies that have been recently added by the expert panels, RPM Global, United Malt, Santos, uh, Goodman Group and Big Tin Can. And uh, we recently took out Zero, uh, which was originally in the call and, um, and then our experts were saying, hey, it had a terrific run, uh, maybe take some profits on it. Uh, you can check all the stocks we have in the calls portfolio. You just uh, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll check it every day. Uh, coming up uh, after the call at 1.40, Stephanie Fay, the former chief executive of Austrade, uh, has joined the recently re-established Design Council to help embed design into Australia's nation building agenda. And Dr. Stephanie Fay will be joining us here on Ausbiz at 1.40 this afternoon. So stick around for that. It's a big afternoon, as usual, coming up on Ausbiz. All right, let's get into the uh, second five stocks that uh, you've asked us to look at. Ross, uh, thanks for your suggestion. Silver Lake Resources, the uh, gold uh, producer and exploration company, the Mount Munga operation in Western Australia is its uh, flagship um, focus. Michael, what do you think of uh, Silver Lake? I think this one looks really good. So the company's debt free. Um, obviously, they're producing. They're not drilling holes in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, the trend still looks really good on the chart. So, you know, I like to um, I like to see stocks that that trade like this. So every time it moves higher, you know, it does so with a bit of gusto. And then, as we yeah. can see on the on the screen, when it eases back, yeah, it's a little bit bit more corrective and and takes takes longer to retrace. Oh. Uh, those prior movements up, so it's oh. a sign of. So a good, that's a good sign. Yeah, on it's, the a, yeah it's a yep. it's a great looking uptrend. Um, longer term, I think gold should continue to uh, do well. Obviously, with a with a falling US dollar, um, that will benefit gold. I mean, the the price of gold hasn't really done much over the last sort of few weeks or so, but um, I think we're probably close to gold. Maybe making another move high. We'll have to see mm. what happens. But okay. ultimately, um, that'll benefit Silver Lake, and it's. Um, you know, it's done really well up until now, so I'd be okay. happy to hold. Um, hold rather than yep. buy it? Would you buy at these levels? Um, actually, I probably would buy at these levels right. because yesterday's move higher um, was on good volume. And to me, it's yep. just broken that recent mm. pullback yesterday, which means it should go to okay. a new high, I think, over right. the next several weeks. Andrew, what do you think of Silver Lake? Koshi, you've got your, your notebook there. You better stick this this stick this stick one in the portfolio. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit Um yeah, look, 200 million in the bank, no debt, as Michael said, producing at about $1,380, uh, $1,380 an ounce. So their cost of production isn't too bad. Um, they're, they're up 79%. The company has had a total return of 79% per annum. 
over the last five years compared to sticking the money into the Australian stock market and buying the top two, buying the top 200 companies that would have given you 7% over that right. same period of time. So it's done really well, had a good bounce yesterday. I guess if you look at the fundamentals, PE of 13 relative to that forecast earnings growth of 22% next year. So again, that peg ratio we just touched on before, uh, it's undemanding. I guess I still like buying things like QAU or gold, which you might remember last time we yep. touched on a gold company, it's sort of saying rather than trying to pick an individual winner, trying to sort of pick the underlying commodity. Um, but in the case of Silver Lake, they're doing all the right things. The numbers look really good. So certainly happy to buy these. Yeah. Um, it's been mentioned a couple of times on the call that uh, this time around, this gold boom, the gold companies seem to be being run by their CFOs, Andrew, rather than their their geologists that used to be in the past. Because when uh, gold boom, they go out and buy a dud uh, and blow all of this money that they'd have to write off. No one's taking anyone over and just putting the cash in the bank. Yeah, really well run businesses. And I mean, there's lots of other ones, which I'm sure you've covered things yeah. like Evolution, things like Northern Star, things like Regis. You know, Australia's very lucky, um, Newcrest, of course. We've got lots of great individual names you can buy. And like you're saying, yeah. I think they've really looked at the past mistakes of BHP and, and also Rio Tinto and how they fix themselves up and saying, we're not going to make that same mistake yeah. again. We're going to be quite disciplined. We're going to reinvest back in our business. So, yeah, very relaxed um, buying yeah, these companies. Good. All right, Ross, there you go. Um, I, I really two thumbs up there for Silver Lake Resources. You're on a good thing there. Um, Michael Steve wants us to look at Ava Risk Group. Mm. Um, I started reading about this because I, I have, hadn't heard about them. A risk management services and technologies provider for government, military, industrial, commercial. Um, they provide a perimeter, provision of perimeter intrusion solutions. So it sounds as though they're a, mm. a big security firm. Yeah, look, I, I just first started reading about it this morning as well, and yeah. um, I want to do some more research on it because it does seem quite interesting. So it yeah. looks like they're based in Melbourne. They've got um, some operations overseas as well. Um, so intrusion detection as well um, on the um, so pipelines, so companies that have pipelines, oh, but even okay. even on the software side with networks. So industrial espionage. Yeah, and it, look, it doesn't look very liquid in terms of the way it's trading, but it's... It's really started to kick on here, and I think that's because they've, um, you know, they're now starting to turn um, turn a profit. So in the mm. last year, or for the last few years, there was, um, you know, they were loss making, but now they're now they're turning a profit. Um, they announced a special dividend yesterday, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I'd like to maybe see them keep that money and continue to expand the operation. Right. But um, from the small bits I've seen, it looks quite interesting. So I'll do more homework on it. I think. You know, to get off the fence, I'd probably say yes. It, it looks like a buy right. here. It's got it's got the momentum. It's in, you know, they're, they're heading the right way in terms of um, uh, earning now mm. uh, and being profitable. Um, yeah. But I'll do some more homework on it. All right, um, we'll hold you to that and get you to no report worries. back. Uh, Andrew, what do you think of uh, Ava Risk? Yeah, it's a smaller one, which again, I I had I wasn't across either. Seventy six million market cap, so anything under a hundred million, you just tend to be a little bit more cautious because, as Michael yeah. said, there probably isn't as much trading. I mean, the average turnover here is about one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a day. Now, don't get me wrong, one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. I don't think anybody here would complain with one hundred and seventy thousand being dropped in their bank account. 
but you know there isn't a heap of turnover going on here so it could be a little bit of a crab pot as in somewhat easy to get into but pretty difficult to get out of having said all that i mean as michael said they're actually going to make a profit they're trading on a p of seven times earnings which is pretty cheap if you consider the markets on around 21 times at the moment uh, that European business is going along pretty well at the moment. Obviously, we're in an environment where security and money being spent on defence is uh, pretty big as well. 21% uh, return on equity, 46% profit growth. They've got nearly $8 million in the piggy bank. Share price up, as you can see, 130% for the year. Has been impacted by COVID, but is seeing some opportunities. Uh, I'd call this a spec buy. Okay, all right. Um... But thanks for bringing it to our attention, Steve. As um, Andrew and Michael both said, uh, the great thing about the call is you um, it brings up companies that have been off our radar and, and they're worth taking a look at. So appreciate it. Um, Andrew Scott wants a, uh, a view on Althea Group. Um, this is a, a medicinal uh, cannabis company, isn't it? And uh, they've just recently be, been allowed to, uh, to sell it online and and the cannabis to delivered directly to your door. Yeah, look, if you're looking for some excitement in your life, uh, this might be one to think about. Probably a bit too exciting for me. If you look at the chart in a second, you'll see that listed back in 20, there we go, uh, listed in 2018, shot straight up to about $1.20 and then fell in a heap. And back in March, it got as low as 18 cents. So where are we today? 50 odd. So that's not a bad play. CEO owns 24% of the company. So ticking the alignment with shareholders' interest holding 10 million in cash. Um, they did actually go out and raise about 30 million back in uh, October last year when they bought uh, a business in Canada, but they are burning through about 4 million, no pun intended, uh, 4 million a quarter. Um, share price down 30% for the year. Yeah, I'd have to say, I'm just not feeling it, I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Uh, Michael, what do you think of Althea? Um, yeah, look, I think it's more of a trading stock. I think these cannabis ones, um, they've all started moving over the last week because the, um, the TGA is allowed, um, it looks like they're allowing the purchase of some of these products in um, pharmacies so you don't need to turn up with a script, you can just speak to pharmacists and get oh. your cannabis related um, items. So a lot of these stocks have shot up. I've noticed over the last couple of days this one started to come back a bit so maybe the reality of the fact they're still not turning a profit etc yep. etc um, is starting to hit. So. Um, I think if you were interested in this, looking at the way it's trading, I'd like to see it just come back and, and just have the, the share price ranges just settle down a bit and then maybe right. it might be ready for another run. Um, so at the moment, I'd be staying away from it because um, yeah. it looks like there's a bit of selling into this, this okay. recent news. All right. Okay. There you go. Uh, it's got some really good direction there. Uh, Leslie, Michael wants a view on, um, do you call it Cydev? Um It's in, in the mm. business of... Um, basically managing wastewater, isn't it, or polluted water? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. By the sound of it. Another um, one I haven't heard of. But yeah. it looks like they've, they've got, um, you know, so they're a chemical company. They've got this product where they go out and, and help treat wastewater. It looks like they've recently um, announced a trial with, um, with BHP at Olympic Dam. Right. Right. So they're going mm -hmm. in there and um, spending six months, I guess, trying right. to, to help them clean up um, the wastewater there. So... It looks like this company's been around a while. They've been winning contracts, but they just haven't been making enough to turn a profit. And I think that's right. reflected in share price performance. So you've got this this company where over the last few years, 
um, it just hasn't been able to, to continue heading higher. So it's not one that, um, that I'd be keen on, just based on the fact that share price isn't going anywhere, still yeah. not making a uh, There's another profit. one, isn't there, um, oh, we covered it a while ago, Foslock? Fos, yeah. Foslock, which is, uh, um, has been around for a while, been hit because it's got quite a few contracts in China. Hasn't yeah. it with the with the pandemic and you now if there's a polluted waterway they'll go in and, and clean it up. Mm. So there are a couple listed yeah. there. Yeah. So um, look, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what Foslock's been up to recently. Yeah. Obviously, if they've got yeah. Yeah, dealings yeah. in China, that's there's always a cloud over that yeah, at the moment. But look, with this one, seems interesting, but just not cutting the mustard at the no. moment. Okay, uh, Andrew, what do you about think of Sidev? Yeah, another one that uh, was had to sort of do a, a bit more research on 104 million. So we cracked the uh, the 100 million mark relating to uh, that market cap. Um, you, they recently went out and raised some capital in July, uh, around 65 cents. So they're raising about seven million dollars. Uh, pretty strong revenue growth. They're actually going to make a profit uh, this year. Uh, so they're going to be trading about 42 times earnings, and next year. Uh, hopefully continue to make a profit and if on that basis the PE drops to around 20 times. So that's probably what's got the market interested. Uh, CEO and chair have both been buying shares. Again, that's a pretty good sign if uh, the management and the uh, the board are buying shares. They're obviously feeling pretty happy with it. And as Michael said, certainly that uh, trial order they got from BHP at Olympic Dam is promising too because if that sort of mm. uh, turns into something, obviously having BHP... Yeah, is it one gives them credibility, does it? Not exactly a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, look, on balance, I, I, I probably couldn't do it, as in I couldn't buy it, but it's certainly one I'd be watching pretty closely because mm. there's lots to like about it. But as Michael's saying, the chart's looking a bit iffy at the moment. So certainly okay. one that's on the radar. All right. Okay. Thank you for that, Leslie. And um, uh, Andrew, um, Natalie wants a view on Pengana International Equities, a listed investment company that... Um, uh, has at its core 30 to 50, 50 ethically screened companies um, across um, first world markets. Um, Pengana, one of those listed investment companies that you were talking about a bit earlier. Yeah, and so if, they, if Pengana was just to wind it up today and say, look, it's all too hard, this is the old Hunter Hall uh, global value fund run by yeah. Peter Hall, for those of us with long enough memories. Yep. Um, and if you sort of have a look and say, look, wind it up, you'd each get back $1.28. I mean, that's just a, a round figure. I mean, there'd obviously be cost, but broadly speaking, it's about $1.28, trading on market at $1.17. So that's why people are saying, gee, there's a bit of a gap there, that 11 cents, is it worth buying? Certainly haven't done a bad job. The um, they've Since Pengana have been running the, the fund, as in they've sort of taken over the management of it, they've returned about 10.5% per annum, which is certainly nothing to sneeze at. If you then, though, consider that the benchmark uh, that they're comparing themselves is up uh, to 10.4%, so they're pretty much in line with the benchmark, that they're also getting a 1.2% management fee. Um, you know, to me, why wouldn't you buy like MGE, the Magellan uh, Fund, which is sort of doing 2% above benchmark, or, you know, Andrew, the boring ETF buyer, why wouldn't you just buy VGAD or VGS, which is the two Vanguard ones, and pay 20 basis points and just track the index? Right. So uh, certainly, though, how you started that conversation, Koshi, about the ESG piece, the ethical piece, yeah. certainly that's a really important one. And from a client interest point of view, seeing a lot of interest in that. And if we have enough time, we can talk about ESG for a second as well. But on yeah. balance, I'm, I'm a no on this. Yeah, yeah, because 
Because ESG is the pure ethical play, isn't it? That's been, well, been going pretty well. Yeah, I mean, okay, a couple of seconds on ESG, ethical, social and governance style investing. I did a lot of work on it when I was in the US a couple of years ago. And uh, the big takeaway is that if you can identify companies that are being unethical, haven't got a great social outlook or poor on the governance piece, then that actually translates into poor financial performance down the track. So I'll just pick on Facebook because they're easy to pick on. Um, you know, when there's been some concerns about uh, privacy, as an example, and you've got people boycotting Facebook uh, because of concerns around privacy, etc., then that potentially could have an impact on their share price, as an example. Right. So okay. if there is practices and so forth that's taking place early, then there's certainly a, a, a drill down or a fall through onto the profit line. So companies are really using ESG or analysts and investment mm. managers are really using ESG as a filtering process, never mind the fact that by investing in companies that are ethical or socially um, accepting or from a governance point of view, that's just the right yeah. thing to do anyway. And here in Australia, our biggest is Australian ethical, isn't it? Well, again, in, if we're talking in the LIC space, yes, but yeah. there's a number of ETFs and most recently State Street, as an example, had one uh, that they've listed called E200 and out of the top 200 companies, only 92, I think it is, of the top 200 companies actually make it into that ETF. Now, there's a few reasons for that. But as an example, um, CBA is screened out of E200 because of the their behaviour relating to the Austrac stuff. And certainly that committee, as I understand it, are looking at Westpac relating right. to what's going on there and also Rio Tinto. So if you really are interested in that ESG space, there are a number of upcoming either LICs type products or ETF type products that can help you sort of that with that. Yeah, really interesting. Um, Michael, what do you think of uh, Pangana hmm. and, and particularly the, the ESG space as well? I mean, these guys, they've, they've done pretty well off the March lows. Um, yeah. So the share price is back up to where it was in February. Over the last year, they have managed to outperform their benchmarks. So I think where the Niskis returned four point something, they've they've done 10. So right. they've done well in the last year, but um, the performance for the few years prior um, wasn't as good. I mean, if you're, I guess if you're the guy at home is just, you can only make your money by buying this at the current share price yep. and you need an appreciation in the share price. Um, I think, you know, just based on where it's gone over the last few years, um, it's just been a pretty poor performer. So I just don't know if you're going yep. to get much of a return. Um, the, the thing struggled to get through the $1.20 mark over the last few years. So I think there'll be a lot of uh, resistance there. So previous uh, buyers around that level will probably right. be looking to exit around where it okay. is now. It's a few cents So you're in that. the Magellan camp as well as an alternative? Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer that if I was looking yep. to, to purchase you know, shares in that space. Um, but yeah, for this one, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't be buying All it. Right. Let's just uh, recap um, our final five stocks. Uh, Silver Lake Resources, uh, yes, from both Michael and Andrew. That goes into the calls, uh, the calls portfolio. Uh, Ava Risk, um, well, see, spec you've buy, said it, yes spec in a watch, and, and Andrew, you said spec buy, so it's why not? Get, it, get on it. Get on it's it. all about diversity, so oh, yes, that's going to go in the... Uh, um, in the core portfolio as well, over risk. Um, uh, Althea Group, uh, a no. 
uh, Sidev, um, a no, but it's certainly now on Andrew and Michael's uh, watch list, I think, to do a bit more work into it. Uh, and Pengana, a no as well. So that's our 10 stocks for the day. Um, going in, uh, Silver Lake Resources into the calls portfolio and Ava Risk. Andrew Whelan, really appreciate your time. Always great to catch up. Thanks, Koshi. Thanks, Michael. Have a and fun Michael, week. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Good to see you again. Thanks, David. All right, that's it uh, for the call for today. Now, if you want to uh, uh, suggest any stocks that you want us to look at in this hour, be a bit patient because uh, we've got a lot to get through. It's pretty popular um, sending uh, suggestions through, but we do our best. Um, send through those suggestions by email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at osbiztv uh, Twitter handle. Uh, the calls portfolio, if you want to see what's in it, um, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Now, at the end of the day, if you want to be uh, catch up with everything that's happened in the markets and business and finance and startups, you need to subscribe to COB, the close of business. Um, just subscribe, osbiz.co slash join. It's absolutely free. Scuddy and Nadine do all the work on it and the analysis, and it's in your inbox 5.30 every afternoon, Monday to Friday. Also, the Startup Daily Show between 2 and 3 this afternoon brings you the company seeking capital and all the latest in the startup sector. Uh, today, they're joined by Milan Cooper from First AML, which has just raised $7 million in a Series A funding for its anti-money laundering startup. So uh, a fa fascinating business there at Milan will be joining the Startup Daily team between two and three. That's it from me. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. A lot more to come on AusBiz. Don't go away. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.